freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, July 15th, 2012. We have a great show planned for you here today. We're going to be interviewing a guest that I actually wanted to interview last week from the uh, Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. Mr. Jasper Jones, who's going to tell us all about the River City to Hydrogen project here in Philadelphia. That's coming up uh, for the entire show uh, this week on What on Earth is Happening. So stay tuned for that. I have a couple of quick event announcements, and I'll be bringing Jasper onto the show in the uh, second segment. The Tesla conference was a huge success last weekend. Thanks for everyone who participated and organized the, that great event. Uh, if you didn't catch it last week, I did a show where I brought, um, where I, I interviewed people live from the event uh, as we were wrapping up on ta- day two of the Tesla Science Conference, and I interviewed 10 people from the conference, and that is on last week's show on the podcast section of What on Earth is Happening. On Friday, July 6th, I was interviewed by Karen Quinn Tostado of UnitedWeWin.me on the Rents Radio Network. That is now archived. That show is now archived on the uh, news section of my website, whatonearthishappening.com. So uh, feel free to check that out as well. The um, offer to attempt to make this show go ad-free so that there are no interruptions during the show uh, is still on the table. We've collected $350 toward the goal. Uh, You could also check that out at the top of the news section uh, if you want to chip in uh, toward that effort. So um, I have one other event announcement. Uh, as always, the, thir- the last Thursday of every month is Truth, Freedom, Prosperity's monthly free documentary screening and discussion evening here in Philadelphia. As always, it takes place at Essene Market and Cafe at 719 South 4th Street. That's the corner of 4th and Monroe Streets here in Philadelphia. This Thursday, July, I'm sorry, uh, next Thursday, July 26th, will be the meeting for this month. Um, it will be taking place at 6.30 p.m. 
to 8.45 p.m. I have not selected a movie yet. Uh, I will be making the uh, movie publicly known uh, over the next couple of days and sending out uh, an email to the people on the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity email list. So look for that over the next couple of days, and I'll announce what film we've chosen uh, next Sunday here on What on Earth is Happening. So that's all the event announcements I have. Everyone stay tuned. We're going to have a great guest talking about the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. Jasper Jones coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, we have a guest that I really wanted to interview last week and did not get a chance to. He had some other commitments, but he was gracious enough to uh, give us two hours of his time today to interview him for the entire show. So, here we go. I'm going to read Jasper's bio. Jasper Jones is the Executive Director, UBCA Community Trust for Family Life Improvement Incorporated. He's the President of Data Spectrum Incorporated, the Community Rebirth Organization Plan National Program and Computer Distance Learning Director. He's the Chief Administrator, Campus of Distance Learners of the Omni Omni Community Charter School. And he is the River City to Hydrogen Dream Team Senior Consultant Engineer and Project Configuration Management Engineer. Mr. Jones has over 25 years of experience in the design and implementation of systems for both commercial and nonprofit organizations and audits of electronic data processing systems. His experience includes extensive work in software programming for nonprofit as well as commercial organization systems applications. Mr. Jones's experience include developing operational procedures for alternative education and school programs. Jasper Jones is the CROP National Program Director whose successful work in implementing various components of the CROP program involving human development support systems in Los Angeles, California and on a national level led to U.S. Congresswoman Maxine Waters and EEOC Commissioner Arthur Fletcher mentioning in 1992 on nationwide television that the full implementation of the crop program components in South Central Los Angeles could have averted the city's 1992 civil disturbance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What on Earth is Happening, Mr. Jasper Jones. Jasper, welcome to the show. A pleasure to be on with you, Mark. Great. So, Jasper, you wanted to start off by talking about some things uh, that you mentioned in the crop program. These are uh, what you uh, labeled as everyday systems that are meant to sustain us in our daily life that, that are currently implemented that really no longer have any are really working for us. They're not really serving uh, humanity as they were intended to. Did you want to go into that? Yes, I do. I want to talk about that so that people can become aware 
that there are strategies that they could follow and take action on that could turn the situation around that we face. Basically, the number one problem that we're having is the meltdown of money. The banking finance system, uh, the dollar's worth about 3% of it was when the Federal Reserve was formed in 1913, and the Federal Reserve is not making money credit capital credit available to small businesses. So we have a situation where um, there really are no livable wage jobs available because small business is the source of livable wage jobs in our time. Uh, the people uh, I discovered going around the country that people didn't understand that if you don't have pure air for five minutes that you die. And our air is filled with uh, chemicals from the chemtrail spraying, the geoengineering situation that we have. So people should be aware that they should take action on that issue. Our water is filled with all manner of chemicals that are making people sick, and we're under threat from the, the hydrofracking situation in here where we are in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, there are eight counties where the water has been turned to poison because of this process, and people are coming to me saying that they've gotten effects similar to what's going on in those counties out in the rest of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. The food supply has been dramatically compromised by the implementation of genetically modified organism-type foods, and we are participating in this, what amounts to a food experiment, without full disclosure and our consent to this process, and that's making people sick. And that was the other issue that I found that people didn't know that if you don't have real food for seven days, you generally die. The thing that we want to talk about today, our energy supply systems are based on fossil fuels, and they've all reached peak production, and people can no longer afford fossil fuels. People in Philadelphia are having problems paying for the electric and gas bills. So that's the point we want to cover today, dealing with the River City Dehydrogen Team, how people can take action to get from under that problem. In urban areas, our public schools operate as de facto school-to-prison systems and cash cows for the local political machines rather than family job life instruction centers that function as a school-to-work network where people can get an education and be tracked into a job. And then when they end up in prison, our prisons, which are supposed to be educational correctional facilities, function as a prison-to-prison recidivism vehicle rather than a correction process for people to re-enter into our society and go to work and live in wage jobs. Now, the new Obamacare law, um, which somehow got approved in spite of the fact that uh, uh, it's a tax and shouldn't have been approved. Um, that's a reading of the Constitution. And we are, in effect, going to be required to take health care that's really sick care where you are on drugs, you get some radiation therapy, and you get some surgery rather than having a support system built for us that allows us to own the health care system where the patients, the doctors, the nurses, and the staff have control so we end up with wellness care rather than sickness care. But we want to put that out there so people can think about it so that when we get to the calling section, people can understand why we want to move to this hydrogen 
technology because that will implement a boom which will actually give us access to the resources to pay for the cleanup of our environment and making our schools work the way they're supposed to. Well, Jasper, you, you hit the nail on the head on so many things, so many problems that we've talked about extensively here on what on earth is happening. And, uh, you know, we've kind of uh, transitioned into looking at solutions. That's what we've been doing over uh, several months now. And uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that's why you're such a great guest, because your approach is completely solution-oriented. And it's about uh, doing what we can now to transition away from these dead, decaying systems that really don't serve us as a species any longer. Uh, and that's arguably if they ever even did. You know, These are really um, outmoded ways of, of uh, looking at the world overall. And they really need to be replaced by something that's truly sustainable and truly serves who we really are. That is correct. Um, on board to that, one of the things that happens when I talk to people is I've discovered that people don't really know the true history of the United States. The United States, in 1492, when the European colonists arrived here, they were greeted by the indigenous people, and the indigenous people gave them a land grant because God, their prophets, had told them that they were coming in to make a place for them. And the democracy system that we have is actually a translation into English of the protocols of the Iroquois Confederation by Benjamin Franklin and the founding fathers. Now, that hasn't truly been respected because the people that brought the people originally over here uh, came from English and other crowns of Europe, and what they wanted was a slavery colony. Jasper, hold it right there. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Today, our special guest is Mr. Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. Jasper, uh, we were cut off by the break last time, but you were talking about the original intent of this country and uh, how it's gone uh, wildly off from that and how that's bound us to this unsustainable energy paradigm that we're trapped in right now. Uh, Can you continue from that point, please? Yes, uh, basically what I was uh, alluding to is that the country originally was on uh, alcohol as our primary fuel. Uh, then the forces that created the negativity of slavery and other issues here got the country and the world on the fossil fuels because that would allow them to control the money. Um, but that has created two problems. When that peaked in 2007, the world had discovered decades ago that the use of fossil fuels, as Tesla had predicted, had unpredictable, undesirable results in terms of the ecosphere and other issues. And now that we have realized that's the problem, and the technology that underlies the transition is the system of the hydrogen as our basic fuel is powered by Tesla technologies that have been refined. And what makes the transition off of fossil fuels to the green energy of hydrogen so affordable and renewable because of the problems created by the uh, 
uh, addiction to fossil fuels that emerge and addiction to money by people in the worldwide who created that system, um, green tags, as they were originally called, financing is available, and the abundance of this renewable, non-polluting system that allows you in two phases to get off of fossil fuels. The first phase um, is a mixture where you take the existing uh, natural, called natural gas, which is nothing but methane, and you mix it 20% with hydrogen gas, and 80% methane requires no modification of the existing system. So that allows you to lower the cost of energy and make it affordable to people who currently is not affordable to. And what we want to focus in on is that the industrial community of a place like Philadelphia, which still one out of five jobs is manufacturing related. If you dramatically lower the cost of energy like that, you open the possibility of them increasing production and hiring more people. Now, this technology, which is basically a, a Tesla technology, um, would allow us to supplant the fracking madness that's going on, which is totally unsustainable because each well with hydrofracking um, uses up 5 million gallons of water. In western Pennsylvania, that has resulted in eight counties having their water table wiped out. And what is the science behind this? We are dealing with two different technologies for the approach to implementing a industrial level hydrogen supply system in Philadelphia. The super electrolysis of, of river water uh, flows through an alkaloid screen that's molecular structure uh, which is designed to have a resonant frequency that causes water to split into oxygen and hydrogen. And through the filtering process, we separate the oxygen and the hydrogen, and we can create an unlimited flow of this hydrogen into our system. And because the river in Philadelphia have never run dry, we have the opportunity with that source by itself to create a flow of water, flow of hydrogen from the water that will sustain the city. This and technology comes I'm, I'm proton. I'm sorry, I, I wanted to just uh, jump in for a moment. So basically this is uh, using uh, the energy that's already present in nature. It's hooking into energy that's already present as a result of the flow of the Delaware River right by Philadelphia. Exactly. We have a company uh, that we are working with. See, the, the idea as to why this was unbelievable to the establishment is that the technology that provides the breakthrough is a technology called eco-auger, which allows you to tap the water flow, generate an electrical current that pumps the water onto the alkaloid screen without building a dam. So you're generating enough electrical energy to operate the proton on-site equipment from a device that has a zero pollution impact, does not harm the uh, 
ocean water life, but generates enough electricity to power your equipment. So any place that there's a river that's four feet deep and has three knots of flow, you can set up this system to generate the initial supply of hydrogen that you need to begin the transformation to hydrogen. And because we also have on the Hydrogen Dream Team, uh, Intersol, which has the patented technology for putting a smell in hydrogen, you can use this hydrogen fuel, gas energy fuel in the home. Because that's the legal requirement that you have that safety feature available for any gas that's used in the home. Um, unbeknownst to most people, methane gas does not have a smell. The reason they call it natural gas is because they put a chemical mercapolite uh, camper into, uh, into the uh, methane to give it that smell. And that's what allows you to use it in the home. And we have the capacity to do the equivalent and we call that domestic hydrogen. So this technology will change the game at that level. And we wanted to start with that because that's the easiest one to deploy. It only takes a few months to deploy that technology because it's all off the shelf. In fact, the uh, folks are on the other side of the river testing a uh, production model of the uh, auger device right now. This technology, once deployed, will allow us to then move to the other technology, which is IntelliJ. IntelliJ takes the other problem that you have with pollution, which again uh, was predicted by, Nick, by Tesla, that is the sewage system is flaring off methane glass into the atmosphere that's burning it off, creating air pollution because methane gas is the, the biggest hothouse gas that we have, and it's used as a standard that all the other hothouse gases are measured by. Instead of that occurring with the intelligent technology, you capture the gas and you convert it through steam, super steam reformatting technology. Now, that's the second super thing we've described here. We first started off with super electrolysis. Now we're doing super steam reformatting of the bio-sewage gas into synthetic hydrogen. And that technology has an interesting impact on the uh, sewage that we're dealing with, the raw sewage, in that it converts it either to inert carbon material or organic-grade fertilizer. That's so, important. So, so this technology would actually help in the cleanup of the entire environment in the, in the entire area then? That's right, because remember now, the only byproduct from the burning of hydrogen gas, unlike gasoline or so-called natural gas is water vapor. In the first phase where we have an 80-20% mixture, the reduction in nitric oxide and other hothouse gas pollutants is so dramatic that we, there's papers on it that are readily available that discuss this, and that's why the green tags, as it used to be called, now called certified admission reduction certificates, are available to us initiate the financing of this. Jasper, hold it right right there and we'll continue on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll be right back.
We're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Cascio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, we're talking to Jasper Jones. He's the yes, River City. He's the River City. I'm sorry. Hold on one second, Jasper. Uh, I want to give the call-in numbers for uh, next hour before we get right back into it um, because uh, we're, we will be taking your calls in the second hour. So the call-in number for the second hour, if you have questions for Jasper about the River City to Hydrogen Project, is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, uh, taking calls for Jasper Jones on the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia, 866-841-1065. Okay, Jasper, uh, let's go back to talking about this technology, and you were uh, discussing uh, how we can make this transition to uh, usable uh, hi uh, hydrogen energy and how this would have a great impact on the cleaning up of the environment. Yes, I was leaving off with the, uh, that the fact that hydrogen combustion only generates uh, water vapor as its byproduct, and that water vapor uh, happens to have um, the... Uh, because of the electronics of the electricity factor of it, is ionized water vapor. Ionized water attracts uh, particulate matter to it and causes it to drop to the ground. The other commonality about the two streams of technologies that we were talking about, getting the river water and the bio sewage gas converted to hydrogen, they both feature turbines, which are in effect an invention of Nikola Tesla which is why we were at the uh, convention, the Energy Alternative Energy Convention, Energy Independence. These are just refinements of that 100-year-old technology, which was an amazing thing to people to realize that the key element of the super electrolysis process using eco-arbor uses a turbine uh, to tap the flow of the uh, mechanical energy from the water the river water that's flowing converts it to electricity, and that's a turbine that's generating that electrical flow that powers the uh, proton on-site equipment that actually produces the hydrogen. The intelligy technology that takes the uh, the bio sewage gas and some super stream reformatting um, that steam energy um, runs a turbine to generate electricity. So once you flip the switch. On these technologies, they're self-sustaining. So long as you have a flow of water and you have a flow of bio-sewage, which unless something radical happens, we're always going to have a flow of river water and a flow of bio-sewage. And that changes the game because then what you have done is you have created a non-polluting, inexhaustible supply of energy that you can make available to our community and we can increase the amount that we produce just by incrementally adding on modules that so long as you are compatible with the available flow of river water and the available flow of bio sewage gas. And this transition would sort of be a gentle one, if I'm not mistaken, in that it would not in involve a immediate tearing down of the existing infrastructure in order to implement it. Uh, it's a two-phase transition. Would you like to explain a little bit about that? Yes, the two-phase transition is that in the first phase, the 80-20 mixture 
believe it or not, doesn't even require an adjustment of the nozzle settings on the devices that are using natural gas energy. Uh, because the synthetic mixture, synthetic gas mixed with the methane, 80-20, has been proven to not to do anything but reduce pollution in study after study. So because you can do that and you can generate cash flow because everything has to be paid for through that process be, that reduces the cost of the gas energy so that that reduced cost generates more demand and generates enough self-funding money so that you can then move to the next phase, which is sectoring off the distribution network and modifying the distribution network by putting in sleeves that are impermeable to hydrogen. That means that the hydrogen won't pass through it. The gas pipeline system that we have now is designed so that methane gas can flow through it, which has different properties from 100% hydrogen. So we sector off the distribution network and we put in these sleeves that allow 100% hydrogen to flow and we make the adjustments incrementally in the nozzles and in the gas chamber of people that would be using the 100% hydrogen, which they'll be happy to do that because they already will have experienced the reduction in their gas bill by having the 80-20% mixture and then we can even lower it even further once we go to 100% hydrogen because we're not buying this gas from anybody. We're making it ourselves. And Very that, interesting. So, and uh, that's important. The, the number before we you go to the next thing that I want to get people in Philadelphia to get is that it's $550 million a year that we're giving big oil for natural gas now, which we can keep that money in the Philadelphia economy. Now, how does, um, can you explain the process by which the, um, uh, when you're using the existing sewage gases, that that uh, basically uh, cleans up the environment? Uh, basically, what's going on now, which there's been some, because I started this process in 2007, and they realized, oh, we can't keep doing this, and the EPA passed a, a ruling that methane gas is a human toxin. Uh, the burning of methane, which is automatically generated by the process of the, the sewage, what we are doing is we're taking something that's a toxin and we're converting it into something that's a non-toxin through a chemical process known as super steam reformatting. We're taking methane, which is CH4, I think it is, um, and we're converting it to synthetic hydrogen, removing, changing its molecular structure so that it's a hydrogen molecule that we now have, which, once again, when you combust hydrogen, what do you get? Instead of pollution, you get water vapor. So it would be taking that, that existing uh, a po poisonous gas, it would be converting it into uh, usable energy, and the the quote-unquote waste product or byproduct, the output uh, on the other end that we wouldn't be using as uh, en energy, an energy source, would be pure oxygen. Right. Incredible. Because that's that's what we're talking about. And that technology, that intelligence technology, is important to understand that that technology uh, takes 
I, I'm sorry, this is called Intelligy? Intelligy. It's the second part of... Th this, is the, this is the part that involves the uh, conversion of the, the quote, um, natural gas. Well, the, this is the part that uh, converting the bio-sewage gas. It's called biomethane, which is what they're calling it. But it's sewage gas, basically. Okay. That they're burning off now and polluting the environment by burning it off. And instead of doing that, we super steam reformat it into synthetic hydrogen. And then we use it as a fuel. And hydrogen, because of its different properties from methane, has a higher market value. And in addition, the biosolids associated with the sewage through this technology are converted to inert materials that are non-toxic. And one of the products of the, the intelligent processing protocol is organic fertilizer. And we want to be concerned with that because the reason that I wanted to mention the GMOs causing a problem is that we can then move to urban organic agriculture because we have essentially an abundant supply of organic fertilizer. Sounds like just about every part of this is a self-sustaining system. It's something that uh, has sustainability actually built into uh, every aspect of it. That's correct. That's why we want to get on to this technology uh, as soon as possible because if you watch the news, you see there are problems out there with existing systems that are being utilized and that the peaking of fossil fuels spiking the price changed the paradigm for how you want to produce your food. You want to have your produce your food locally and you want to get control over that process and one of the inputs that you're going to need is organic fertilizer. Because it's been proven that organic food is the only food that contains the nutrients that keep you healthy. Such an important aspect of our lives, the food that we take in. I've talked about it over and over again on this show. Uh, this uh, system could help us to uh, improve that situation as well. Very interesting material, Jasper. On the other side, I want to ask you about the status of the River City, the hydrogen project, and what the roadblocks uh, are uh, to its implementation. Stay with us, everyone. We're talking to Jasper Jones of the River City, the hydrogen project here in Philadelphia. We'll be right back after these words. Stay asleep. Obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with sunglasses, he's seeing the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbology you couldn't see. Obey. No independent thought. Don't think of yourself. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Today on the show, we're talking to Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. And um, the call-in number is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number 866-841-1065. We'll be taking your calls during the second hour of today's show. Call in, get in the queue. If you have any questions for Jasper about the technology, about the uh, River City, the hydrogen project, you're welcome to call in and ask away. So, Jasper, we were getting into uh, the status of the, this project here in Philadelphia. How is it going toward uh, being implemented here in the city? Well, let me take you back to 2007 when I started talking to a certain councilman about this technology. 
and I was stunned to discover that the uh, city engineers were unaware of this technology existing and being off the shelf and being in reality a refined elements of it being a refinement of Tesla technologies that are 100 years old. And one of the things that happened was that the councilman took some of the engineers over to a hydrogen house in Jersey. A design-build engineer had built a house that was running on hydrogen. And I was told that after they went to the house, because the councilman believed me because he knew me from some other things, that, yes, we could convert Philadelphia to hydrogen. After three hours of talking to the design-build engineer, they built the hydrogen house. They came back to the councilman and said, uh, yes, we could convert to hydrogen. Now, remember now, these are the guys that are in charge of this process in Philadelphia were telling the councilman that they didn't believe that we could convert to hydrogen. That's the level of the problem that we've had to overcome in getting to the point where we're getting people mobilized to call their council people and tell them enough is enough. We need to convert now because they're tired of paying these ridiculous fossil fuel prices. Now, remember now, this is going on in an environment where you've had president after president say, we need to end the addiction to fossil fuels. But here in the right. actual on-the-ground situation, these guys who are in charge of our energy system here haven't even become aware of the existence of this technology. And like you said, it's over 100 years old. It's just a refinement and extension of uh, te uh, technologies that Tesla himself was working on over 100 years ago. Exactly. So um, aside from the uh, educational aspect of, um, I guess you could say, resistance to this or uh, challenges to this project being implemented, have there been any other roadblocks thrown up? Yeah, basically there's a guy going around um, from the oil guy going around uh, offering up uh, resources to the elected officials to privatize the, the gas, pull off the gas works, which would immediately um, quadruple the price of the cost of gas um, and then set up the situation that really is unconstitutional in that the asset belongs to the people of Philadelphia and it's supposed to be used to their maximum benefit, which is why I was going through this education process with the uh, people in charge of the infrastructure utility to educate them to the fact that for the people of Philadelphia to get the maximum benefit from their gas works, they need to convert to hydrogen. Because never again will the cost of methane, fossil fuels be cheap. It's got to keep increasing because peak production in the world was reached in 2007, and in America, peak production was reached in 1970. In no year since 1970 has been more gas or oil been produced in the United States. And this fracking nonsense, which is no, I'm calling this nonsense, it has the unbelievable side effect of destroying the water table. And again, in three days without water, you're dead. Right. And in Pennsylvania, under Article 27, the people are due pure water. The water 
It's supposed it's a right. So the government actually exceeded its authority when they authorized the fracking process to begin in Pennsylvania without doing a study to see if the taxpayer money and the taxpayer money had to be invested to create the infrastructure to get the gas out, if investing it in some other energy technology would be more sustainable and not impact the air or the water. And that other technology is what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it is. It is absolutely ridiculous for us to continue this uh, dangerous and polluting uh, practice of fracking. That's already polluting the the existing water table and putting radiation into the water table. It's unbelievable the things that are being done through fracking when technology like this has been readily available for decades. Exactly. Uh, this is the problem. Uh, the guys I work with, uh, some of them just gave up. I mean, because one of the other technologies that we haven't even touched on uh, that the Dream Team is involved with involves, again, the Tesla turbines generating um, through molecular depolymerization a hot gas flow that turns a turbine. And these technologies are really refinements, again, of Tesla's invention of the turbine. And they have zero pollution footprint, and they will generate electricity from renewable sources without endangering the environment just as Tesla predicted. That's why he made this technology, and his focus was keeping the earth a place where you would want to live with these devices improving the quality of your life. Yeah, Tesla was just so far ahead of his time in so many ways. I mean, uh, I think it's great that we kind of uh, transitioned the, the Tesla conference, the Tesla science conference, into something that involved all forms of uh, alternative energy resources uh, that could be being implemented. It's, it was, this year's conference was something that was, uh, in many ways, bigger than Tesla. It was all about uh, hidden and occulted uh, energy sources and technologies that haven't seen the light of day because of certain uh, vested uh, corporate interests. And, uh, you know, we had everything there from rife technology to uh, anti-gravity to um, something like this that is based in hydrogen and existing Tesla technology that, uh, uh, again, people just simply aren't aware of. They haven't uh, done the, the homework. They haven't read the literature that's out there. They, they haven't really uh, gotten into the mindset of someone like a, a Tesla, a genius like him who really understood that, Energy is really all around us in, in abundant qu quantities, and it's, it's just up to us to tap into that in a safe way, in an effective way, in a way that doesn't degrade the living planet on which we depend uh, for life. Yeah, which is a living organism, which is why the other reason that this tracking thing is uh, ridiculous. Uh, the human body generates methane gas as a part of this processes as well. Right. But you don't hear anybody talking about tapping human beings to get the methane gas. Right, right. And that's basically, the, in terms of the analogy, what we're doing with our planet, which is a living organism. And the other technology that people don't understand is this nuclear energy thing. It's just a Tesla turbine, again, that has fission material generating steam to power a turbine. Now, there actually is available hydrogen modules that generate heat that could allow you to pull the nuclear hot box out and replace it with a hydrogen box. That is the other dream technology that is not understood that is available 
But the question is, can we get enough people beating on the elected officials by calling them up, signing petitions to get this transition underway? Because what people need to understand is that money is for in the political process is what's really holding up this process. Financing is available because of the worldwide pollution process that fossil fuels has created through verifiable emission reduction certification process. So once we get the political people to say, go ahead, do it. We're interested. Philadelphia, the citizens of Philadelphia that own their gas works, own their water works, and are the biggest stockholders in FICO because it used to be 100% owned by the city of Philadelphia um, before they constitutionally sold it off to FICO. Uh, Jasper, hold it right there. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break. We're coming up to the second hour of the program for today. Taking your calls on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any questions for Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project, call in and ask. We'll be right back, everyone. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, we're talking to the River City to Hydrogen Dream Team Senior Consultant Engineer, Jasper Jones. River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia is attempting to convert our electrical generating system here in Philadelphia to a uh, hydrogen basis. And uh, this would be able to stop fracking. This would be able to help clean up the environment through uh, the way it intelligently uh, puts our sewage uh, to use as a means of energy. And um, uh, it basically would require uh, very little in the way of uh, redesign of existing infrastructure because it would use the uh, free flow of water and sewage that already exists here in the city of Philadelphia. So, Jasper, um, I have a question for you um this uh this uh really this technology doesn't require any combustion as i understand it is that correct uh, that's what's interesting about this um the technology uh, which is the intelligent technology is not involved combustion that's been certified to um, by the uh, different reviewing agencies which was makes it unique the electrolysis of water the super electrolysis of water uses a ceramic uh, screen, alkaloid screen, and it doesn't require any hazardous material uh, in the process, unlike some of the other technologies as well. The eco-arter technology uh, has been proven to not cause any harm to the water habitat of marine life. So it we have here pollution-free, combustion-free, um, uh, as we like to say, you can locate this in an urban environment because it's low heat and low pressure. 
Yeah, and I would say that's one of the hallmarks of uh, new energy systems in general, is that they're not really based on explosive technologies like um, uh, nuclear energy or like combustion technologies as we use them in, in engines today for our cars, etc. Um, these are technologies that basically work through, um, I guess you could call it a, um, a symbiosis. Uh, an existing energy that is already there that you're uh, gently tapping into as, as opposed to exploding uh, things, exploding matter to uh, basically tap into that, uh, that explosive form of energy that really is wasteful and you, uh, doesn't nearly have the amount of efficiency as something like this. What's important to understand is that we're not destroying the environment these technologies, we're actually enhancing the environment with these technologies. And the one that we've given short trip here was the, uh, the thermal hydrogen technology, which would replace the uh, nuclear facility. That's important because, unbeknownst to most people, uranium is reaching peak production. And it's going to be problems with supply of that uh, starting next year, it's been predicted. So, so not only could this system move us away from um, the existing polluting basis of our electrical generation. Not only would it move us away from fracking, but it could also reduce our dependency on, on nuclear energy as well. Is that correct? Yes, because remember now, what really you're talking about with nuclear energy is steam heated by fission, the material generating heat that converts water to steam. So you can replace that um, heat box with a hydrogen energy based heat generation process that is available and suppressed, but it is available. So we need to be looking at that. And the Incredible. energy... Jasper, hold it right there. We're, this was the short segment. We'll be coming right back after this break. I want to ask you about how people in this area can get involved in this project and can support it. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Our special guest today, Jasper Jones of the River City, the Hydrogen Project. We'll be right back. Hemp you I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, I'm interviewing Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. Jasper, uh, I have another question for you. Um, tell listeners how they can get involved in, in support of this great project here in Philadelphia if, you, if they're in the Philadelphia area. What, what can they do to get involved with making River City to Hydrogen uh, a reality? Well, they can sign the petition, ipetitions.com slash petition slash RCTH, um, which is a petition for an electronic petition that's online, um, which they can sign. They can contact us by sending us an email to the Philadelphia New Majority Council, which is part of the Crop Action Team, um, which is involved with educating people on their rights. 
because that was the other thing that um, I discovered that I had to get involved with to get people to understand that they own the government. They own all the natural resources. Let me quote this from the Pennsylvania Constitution. All power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. For the advancement of, of these and other, they have a, at all times an inalienable and indefeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish their government in such manner as they, they think proper. That is from the Pennsylvania Constitution. It's actually the duty of people to monitor what's going on with the government because under Article 27, which I discovered no, nobody knew about in Philadelphia, the people have a right to clean air, pure water, and to the preservation of the natural, scenic, historical, and aesthetic values of the environment. Pennsylvania's public natural resources are a common property of all the people, including generations yet to come. As trustees of these resources, the Commonwealth should conserve and maintain them for the benefit of all the people. What that means is that the government doesn't have the authority to use the assets of the people in any way that does not give them a benefit. And we see the opposite of that happening with the use of government money, our money, to put in place the infrastructure to do fracking. Because right. the net the net result is a net negative because you only can frack once. And when the fracking process is finished, you've disturbed the water table for 10,000 years. It takes 10,000 years for wow. the water table to come back. And, and that's from a multi-million dollar study that was done looking into this problem after the fact. And Not these, before these, the fact, as this article requires. Right, and these articles are actually in the Pennsylvania Constitution requiring such clean uh, technologies to be implemented, and they're breaking their own law. They're they're completely they're igno ignoring the, the constitution of the state. That's correct. Right. And that conversation has so, never been had in mainstream media. And technically, that's that's criminal. You know, they're they're taking an oath of office to that constitution, and then they're completely ignoring it, and that's a, basically acting in a criminal capacity. That is correct, and that. The term for this offense is treason, right? which doesn't have a statute of limitations. So um, to go back to uh, citizen involvement, how could people actually get involved? You have something that you call the Community Rebirth Organization Plan, or uh, CROP for short. Would you like to explain that to the listening audience? Yes, the Community Rebirth Organization Plan Action Team uh, looked at all the things, the seven, and right now those seven things that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and said, how do we educate people so that they realize that they don't have to take this stuff? They're not in China. They're not in Europe. Oh, by the way, in Europe, when you owe the Crown Bank money, they lock you up. People need to understand and be educated. So we created that infrastructure, and people can get involved with that infrastructure by sending us an email to Philly. NMC at yahoo.com that's asking for Jasper Jones and we send you information on the new majority council process and I'll be happy to send it to you and it talks about educating people on the constitution because one of the things I did not see a single time uh, occur 
is someone to read the Constitution over the air to the listening audience in mainstream media. And that's critical for people to understand that they have a right and duty to take action on these issues because it's hurting them. Even more importantly, it really, the, the elected officials uh, that are acting in uh, completely illegal capacities really need to understand that that document is supposed to have placed restraints upon what they may and may not do. And uh, actually, it's also basically dictating to these, these elected officials, quote-unquote, what they must do for their constituency in, if they're to fulfill that uh, the oath of that office. And they're not doing that clearly. They're completely ignoring that. They're completely, uh, uh, you know, uh, flaunting that um, uh, oath that they took and just saying, well, we can basically step in here and take over and do whatever we want. And, you know, as long as people don't hold them to account, that, that dynamic is going to get worse, not better. That is correct. And that's why we created the Community Rebirth Organization Plan, the Crop Action Team, to provide access to websites and information and to educate people on technologies that could change the quality of our life um, and actually go back to the future. That's what I'm old guy. I actually remember before this stuff really got bad here in Philadelphia. And they essentially, the government worked for the benefit of the people, and they had a green program. It didn't have the word then, but in Philadelphia, the garbage that you produced in your home, you put it in a separate bucket, and people came over from Jersey, they picked it up, and they fed it to hogs in Jersey. Then they sent the hogs back to slaughterhouses in Philadelphia, and that's how we got a meatpacking industry. Hmm. Um, the glass and the cans were put in a separate thing, and that was fed to our glass and steel industries to be recycled. Paper was packaged up separately, and that was sent to a recycling for the manufacture of packaging material because we had a big food packing industry in Philadelphia. And that's their duty. That, was the, that happened because they passed zoning to make that happen. That's when the people in the government were doing their job. And they got away from that, and they became, the government began essentially doing the kinds of things that they're doing now that don't really benefit the people because the people stopped being taught about their constitution and what their duties were as citizens to make this, to make the government work for them. It's so true. And uh, only we can really turn this around. You know, we have to actually step up and take action and get involved. That's why things like the, the Tesla Energy Independence celebrations are so important here in Philadelphia because they bring great projects like this to the attention of the public. So we'll continue to talk about this solution on the other side of the break. My guest today is Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. The call-in number to talk to Jasper Jones, 866-841-1065. 
866-841-1065. You call in, you'll go right to the top of the line. We don't have any callers as of yet. If you have any questions, you could also type them into the chat room at wateronearthishappening.com slash radio, the radio show page. And uh, I'll do my best to field questions from that area as well. Jasper, um, continuing to talk about um, uh, a movement on the part of the people to get involved in implementing technologies such as this that are uh, sustainable and clean, um, you, you do have a petition online to, uh, for people to uh, sign to get um, uh, this, to push this forward here in Philadelphia. Do you want to tell listeners a little bit about that? Yes, ipetitions.com slash petition slash RCTH is where you'll find River City to Hydrogen uh, petition, the electronic petition for people to sign in support of moving away from fossil fuels using the River City to Hydrogen technology, super electrolysis, uh, super scene reformatting, um, which will give us energy sovereignty for Philadelphia. Absolutely not. Our energy sovereignty and put that money into the stream let, of our community so people can afford it. Let me and repeat that, let me repeat that URL real quick for folks. It's ipetitions.com slash petition slash RCTH. I'll post the link with the podcast as well, but once again, it's ipetitions.com slash petition slash RCTH, River City to Hydrogen. You can go there if you want to support uh, this uh, effort to have the River City to Hydrogen project implemented here in Philadelphia. Okay, Jasper, you can continue. Okay, you can send me an email to P-H-I-L-Y-N-M-C at yahoo.com. That's our outreach email for people to want to receive information on our mobilization strategies for people to begin exercising their constitutional right to freedom. Uh, people have forgotten that they're in the United States with these great constitutions that make you the citizens, the collective queens and queens, kings and kings of society, unlike other societies in the world that have kings and El Presidentes in America under our great constitutions, the people are the kings and queens collectively. We we are sovereign and we need to start acting like it. Exactly. And this also is a great segue into the uh, other issue that we were uh, talking about, and that is the indigenous culture versus the imperial culture. In indigenous society, all citizens were sovereign, right. and the environment is sovereign, and that everything that we do in indigenous society is in harmony with the earth. In an indigenous society that existed here, there was no pollution, prisons, or poverty prior to the advent of the imperial culture. That's right. Now, Jasper, just to give folks a brief background, we were discussing this off the air. You sent me uh, some documentation on the River City to Hydrogen Project and the uh, crop initiative, the Crop New Deal. Um, now, uh, in one of these documents, I believe it was a Crop New Deal show introduction, you had um, outlined some of the uh, guidelines for behavior that are uh, shared amongst indigenous cultures. And there were 10 of these guidelines and uh, I, they just struck me as very profound when I read them. Uh, with your permission, uh, maybe I'll, I'll post some of these documents to the um, uh, podcast, with, with this podcast on my website. Uh, if you want these uh, distributed in any kind of a wider sense, I, I'm willing to do that and post them up to my website. Uh, it's up to you. I'll talk about that with you off the air afterward. But um, 
Uh, if you yeah, want to do that, I mean, right. these, these concepts, we've now entered what our people call the fourth crow. Yes. And the fourth crow period is where we seek to restore the environment and restore liberty and That's right. prosperity and health to the planet, which is a living being, and to all the living beings on the planet through a process of introducing people to the hidden indigenous culture, which has been an interesting experience for me, being born under the third crow, where we were required to hide because people didn't understand our society. So, so these, the these tenets have been kept sort of in hiding. They've been suppressed and kept uh, underneath the, the surface. But now, the, you know, we're, we're trying to bring these, uh, these ideals back up above the surface and uh, help them to thrive. Exactly, because this technology, which is what been leading the effort to get people off of fossil fuels, which is an environmentally destructive technology, so these are gui these are guidelines that can help us in our daily life to um, basically exercise our sovereignty and then help to uh, put our knowledge into action in the world such that we can uh, develop uh, solutions such as uh, these technologies. Exactly. It, it basically begins the process of teaching people the concept, the uh, underlying overarching concept with this is that you can't eat money. Right. And That's right. In western Pennsylvania found it out when they, to their horror, looked and saw that their streams had been poisoned and all the fish had died. Right. And they realized that, mm, we've been tricked. So we, we, we've sort of saved the, the, the deepest uh, for, for the end here. I guess you could say this is really the underlying fundamental philosophy that underlies uh, your um, drive to implement such projects. Would that, that be a fair assessment? That would be a fair assessment in that I was raised up under this in the indigenous culture, where which is basically operates under the great law of peace and love, which is a better translation into English, where you respect everything in the environment and you essentially show love, which is in Christianity, that's basically God is a God of unconditional love. And in terms of physics, Dr. Samuel West, who pioneered an explanation of how the cell functions, discovered that the cellular pump, which is basically a hydrogen energy process, receives an energy contribution that can only be come from God to actually make it work. And this concept of respecting the environment, loving one another, creates a love potential in the environment, and you should be living and working with technologies that are compatible with love of the environment. And that's what we're talking about here. Hydrogen technology, the age of Aquarius, because if you really want to think about it, what we're talking about here is getting our power from water. Right. If we get our power from water, we have no pollution. And the intelligent technology creates organic fertilizer so we would have an abundance of food. And Jasper, think about it. Water, uh, symbolically, has always represented care. It has represented the spiritual aspect of our existence. Exactly. We want to get people to understand that what we're talking about here is not only transforming the energy infrastructure, but transforming the way people think in that this transformation to this, to these technologies open up the possibility of unlimited abundance 
And if we can get people to understand that we're living, allowing ourselves to be ruled over by people that don't respect our Constitution, that's really the problem here. We are not respecting the existing Constitution. They are applying concepts from an alien culture, alien to the United States, to this situation. You cannot eat money. If you let go of fossil fuels, switch over to these technologies, and Philadelphia, which is the first free city-state to break away from the imperial Europe system, then we will have prosperity again. Jasper, hold it right there. We're going to be uh, taking another short break. When we come back, I'd, I'd like you to uh, present to the listeners a little bit about the um, uh, guidelines for behavior that are taught in these indigenous cultures. You listed uh, 10 of them in the document. Maybe perhaps we can go over those. And um, I do have some questions from the chat room that I'd like to get to as well. So that'll be coming up when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening with my special guest, Jasper Jones. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Tassio. My guest today, Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. We were talking before the break about some of the philosophy that underlays uh, the technology that we've been talking about. And uh, Jasper follows some indigenous guidelines for behavior. And uh, these are really what drives his intent. These are what drives his uh, actions to uh, do something like uh, what he's uh, attempting to implement here in Philadelphia. So I'd like to just briefly read for you these 10 guidelines for behavior that are practiced in these indigenous cultures. And I want you to uh, take a uh, really good um, a listen to how these completely overlap and have such significant parallels to all of the things that we've been talking about on what on earth is happening for the past two, two years. Okay, so here they are. These are these uh, indigenous guidelines for behavior. Number one, remain close to the great spirit, almighty God. The great spirit, ladies and gentlemen, spirit. Because of the decline of spirit, the connection to spirit, that's why we're in the circumstance, the precarious circumstance that we are in as a species. So that's number one, is remain close to that great spirit. Two, treat the earth and all that dwell therein with respect. Treat the earth and all that dwell therein with respect. Three, show great respect for your fellow beings. Four, work together for the benefit of all mankind. Five, give assistance and kindness wherever needed. Six, do what you know to be right. Do what you know to be right. Seven, look after the well-being of mind and body. Mind and body. Eight, dedicate a share of your efforts to the greater good. Nine, be truthful and honest at all times. And ten, take full responsibility for your actions. Take 
full responsibility for your actions. I mean, I, I couldn't put it any better. I wholeheartedly agree with that philosophy on life and uh, that those indigenous guidelines for behavior, if we practice them and if we put them into, into practice in our daily lives, we wouldn't be beset with the problems that this species is beset with in our current time. We wouldn't have uh, the convergence of all the possibilities for disaster that we have right now taking place on this planet. Uh, we would be living an uh, existence that is in harmony with the laws of nature. And ultimately, uh, we would not be creating the self-inflicted suffering that we see all around us uh, right now in our day and age. So, Jasper, I'd like to get your comments on those guidelines for behavior that you sent over to me uh, earlier in the week. And uh, they just struck me as so profound, I had to bring them up on the air. Well, let me tell you about what, where I was raised up. Um, I actually was taken out into the Fairmont Park and into the, the area down south um, by my uh, grandparents. And I was actually instructed that all of this stuff was created by God and that it all has a mission. And you, my job was to learn what the mission of everything was and live in harmony with it. Those actual instructions given to me as a child. And one of the other things that I was taught um, by my uh, uh, stepfather, who was a like awesome Marine, was how to defend myself and not to take to do the right thing. And if people don't do the right thing with you, that you should deal with them accordingly, so that you would be a man. Basically, that was it. Training to live life in harmony with the environment and do the right thing and to show love for one another and our family and clan. That's basically what these rules uh, are about. They lay out a pattern of life where you accept that all existence came from a creator and that he wants you to live in harmony and love in your life. And then you may encounter people that disagree with this, um, but you should be hold steadfast to these this way of life because in the end the great spirit is over you. And I find people have problems with that. I've been in uh, religious, imperial religious institutions and the people um, have a tendency to believe that they're on a par with God and that they have rights that from my training doesn't exist. That's right. And that's part of the biggest reason why we're facing the challenges that we're facing as a species because very unfortunately people really think that, uh, you know, they can step on other people's rights with impunity, uh, that they can act as a god on earth and, uh, you know, control other people and uh, attempt to maintain that control and uh, just uh, completely uh, tread on everyone else's natural rights all around them. So um, these 10 guidelines I just think are really from the heart and really un, uh, ha display a deep understanding of what I have called natural law, which I'm uh, increasingly beginning to simply call spiritual law. You know, th this higher power that exists above us that operates at all times and places, and it's really up to us to understand what those laws are so that we can uh, align our behaviors to them, align our actions to them, so that we're not creating suffering for ourselves. These laws aren't any kind of confines or imprisonment, these laws are there for our greater benefit. And if we simply well, open one, our one minds laws, to them, we'll, we'll come into harmony with them. Yes. 
one of those laws that I run into all the time because I do, as you noted, naturopathic work, which is one of the things that Tesla was into, right. which is energy therapy. Yes. People don't know that if you fail to take care of the body, if you put garbage in, you become garbage because you, be, you become every day what you think, eat, drink, inhale, and don't eliminate. That's right. So you have to follow uh, and become conscious of the mind and body so that you don't pollute the body to the point where, you're, where it becomes an unfit home for a human spirit and something else will move in. That's exactly and right. We see that, we see that going on all around us. And Ch- it took me a, a while to get that one. Um, and I started to get it when I was out in South Central LA trying to stop the 92 Rebellion. And after going through an unre- a ridiculous experience over an 18-month period, we'd helped thousands of people and got a coalition together where people said, oh, we want this stuff. And we get to the last guy because the, the protocols of the federal government is that you have to have the last, the highest level official to send a letter saying they want the waiver program to come in. The highest level official asked the community leader who was the no-bribe man for a bribe in my presence. That, of course was like a stunning experience considering what I was working on. And that's when I began to look at really closely the difference between indigenous and imperial society. Because if the man was from indigenous society, he would have known that, you know, you can't eat money. It'd be much better if we improve the conditions in our community so we can all live in peace and harmony and have prosperity rather than him just getting a bribe. Jasper, related to the um, guidelines for behavior, I I have a question from the chat room, uh, and it's about care. Do do you see care uh, on the part of the general population on the rise uh, in relation to the implementation of such technologies? Do you see people getting involved more? Do you see them caring about this technology more? I see some people, but most people are ignorant of the technology. There were six illiteracies um, that I discovered going around the country working on coming up with a national model for, which is based on green energy technology, for rehabilitating these disaster areas like Philadelphia. And people didn't have spiritual literacy, they didn't have technological literacy, and they didn't have basic literacy. The most definite one was spiritual literacy. Because if you have spiritual literacy, then you understand the need for these clean technologies. And the answer is with people that know spirituality and understand technology, those people are getting involved. But the general public that's ignorant of these things, you know, they're not getting involved. That's why we have to have people who are conscious to begin to try and educate their fellow citizens because we don't have much time to put this stuff in place. That's right. Or the downward trend gets so has so much momentum, we won't be able to turn it around. Jasper, someone also asked uh, for links to information about the technological processes. Can we give uh, the websites? I believe one was uh, for uh, Proton on site. Yeah, if you just Google Proton on site or Intelligy, uh, those websites pretty well come up. Right. And I can give them. I can give them over the air right now, and I'll link them with the uh, podcast. ProtonOnSite.com and Intellergy.com. I n t e l l e r g y. Intellergy.com. Those will be linked with the podcast as well for people to check out the technologies on their own. 
We have one more segment coming up with our special guest, Jasper Jones. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. This is the last segment for this edition of the show. We're talking to Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. Jasper, um, we have a couple other uh, comments from the chat room, and we do have a caller on the line. So um, one of the comments in the chat room was, have you ever thought of uh, trying to uh, pitch this idea um, in... uh, uh, the Europe in the European Union, uh, because they um, seem to be a little bit more eco tech friendly or eco tech oriented. Have you ever thought of possibly attempting uh, that uh, to take this idea uh, overseas? Well, I'm and reviewing access to finance. Uh, one of the things that's available is finance from European foreign banks for this project. They actually have an allocation uh, of green project money allocated to United States projects. If we can get the uh, city of Philadelphia government to just say they are interested in this, financing through European sources, believe it or not, is available. That's wow. what's curious about the situation. So they're willing to throw money behind this, uh, but the, the city of Philadelphia just needs to show the interest. That's right. Wow. And this is off-the-shelf patented technology. Let me say that again. Off-the-shelf patented technology that's never been configured in this way that we have put forward before, which is what makes this a unique project. Okay, so now there's... Proton and Intelligy have configured their technology focused around their primary technologies. What I did as a configuration management engineer is brought in additional technologies that when you bring these technologies together, and you implement them in a systematic fashion, you get a synergetic effect. And because all of these technologies are patented uh, and produce, meet all the requirements of green, the clean development mechanism of the United Nations and the green tag markets, they call them emission reduction credits, certificates, whatever name you want to use, a lot of that financing is through European financial markets and European banks is readily available. Very interesting. Another comment from the chat. Um, do you think that this technology can come about without uh, a massive insurgence of disapproval of big oil uh, on the part of the general population? All the general population and the general population that we're talking about at the city of Philadelphia, right. residents and citizens, is to call city council and say they've had enough. Right now, there's a Philadelphia Energy Authority that's been created, and what really they were created for, from what I could see, um, was to cover, provide cover for them privatizing the gas works, in spite of knowing about this technology, because they have been offered resources from the big oil lobby. Of course. Essentially, the only thing that the citizens have to do is stand up now 
and act like citizens. If the people stand up now because this technology is off the shelf and financing is available, we can lower the gas bills, uh, keep the money in Philadelphia County, and create a boom. It's important that people understand that in Philadelphia County, one out of five jobs comes from the manufacturing sector and the end being held back by having to pay for expensive energy, and we can fix that. And in the coming third industrial revolution, which involves 3D printing technology, the technologies that we're talking about implementing here will provide an abundant supply of composite carbon powder-type materials that are needed to provide the raw materials for that industry to have a boom. So we would be providing that to our industry and create a boom so that citizens have a self-interest at this point in standing up and acting like sovereign citizens and stepping to the city council. You know, it's, it's like we've said here on What on Earth is Happening innumerable times. It's all about really saying no to what you know to be wrong. It's about saying no to what you know to be destructive, to what you know to be counterproductive to human evolutionary progress. And uh, if we don't say no, we're tacitly sitting by and really saying yes to this continued environmental degradation and the continuing corruption that's going on, keeping these, uh, these uh, uh, existing systems that really can be implemented immediately uh, from coming to fruition. So unless we uh, say no to those old outmoded systems and we uh, put pressure on everyone around us to wake up, understand what is possible, look into it for yourself, understand the science behind it, and know that it's just a matter of willpower to make this occur, you know, nothing's going to change magically on its own. People have to get involved in some capacity. If they just send me an email to phillynmc at yahoo.com requesting information on the River City the Hydrogen Program Action Plan, I'll send it to them. If they just go to the petition and sign it, if they talk to their friends, they can even leave me a message at 206-203-2661. 206-203-2661. I'd be happy to get back to you on this issue because we are at critical mass. People don't understand how bad the situation is. Yes. The world financial markets are still in turmoil, but the, this particular market, because people in Europe, which is what the guy was alluding to, understand how bad the situation, more people have died from heat waves in Europe than here in the United States. And so people in those markets, those markets are becoming stronger every year for the type of instrument, verified emission reduction instruments that this project creates. And so we have the opportunity now, but we need to start this process because this would be a national model for every river city in the United States. And if you think about it, folks, every major city in the United States has, is a river city. So we right. need to do this. And Josh, bro, I'll, I'll also here. make those resources available on the site so people can click those links and check out the technology and sign the petition, etc. This is, this for our people, this is called the fourth crow. And this will heal the earth, making these green technologies that are green and clean that spread the wealth around. Because one of the project's elements uh, for long-term capital finance is to take and take the gas works and the water department 
combine them into the Philadelphia Energy and Waterworks and turn it into a direct customer owned. People own it now, but you can restructure it into a modern structure rather than what it is now, which is the parastatal socialist corporation in reality. They're turning it into an actual modern day capitalist cooperative structure. Cooperative structures that utilize modern administrative protocols is what we must move to if we're going to get the full benefit from what we own in our utilities. Jasper, let's try to squeeze in a quick call. Um, Here we go. Uh, Richard from Washington, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. You have a question for Mr. Jasper Jones. Yeah, I'm fully supporting of what Jasper is doing, and I I totally uh, support the indigenous guidelines. And now that you've restated it, the spiritual laws, and what I'm saying is is in the hope that uh, we can accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. What he has to understand, is, as Sun Tzu says, you have to know your enemy. Your enemy is now the corporations and the constitutions. The constitutions were not what our founding fathers gave us. They were created to enslave us. A constitution, by definition, uses the people. The corporation is defined as the people. It's not the human beings you're talking about. The people are the board of directors which enslave us. And unless you understand this, you, you, you can't withdraw from the constitutions, which are both the state of Philadelphia or state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia. You have to start afresh and get out of that system to be successful. You're saying they've tried to draw us into that corporate system by defining us as uh, employees of that corporation. Your, your exactly. response to that, Jasper? Well, if you look at the Pennsylvania Constitution, which is a more true translation of the Protocols of the Confederation by Ben Franklin, it actually has in there in Article 27 that the people, the people, own all the natural resources, and the resources are to be used to their maximum benefit, and that the government is just a trustee of those resources. What has happened, which is correct, is that they have tricked people in the day as to crown corporations right. into becoming employees of a crown corporation and the original government process, which is the government is only trustee and the people are in charge, has been subverted. Jasper, fascinating and uh, an incredible show. That's all, unfortunately, the time we have for today. I want to thank you so much for coming on and being a great and informative guest here on What on Earth is Happening. Thank you so much, Jasper. Thank you. Peace will be upon you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Jasper Jones of the River City to Hydrogen Project here in Philadelphia. I'll post a bunch of resources with the podcast to go along with this show. Check it out. We'll see you here next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening.